Thank you for subscribing to the Extra Mile Podcast. Help us out by leaving a review and a five-star rating wherever you download the show. After leaving a review, slide on into our DMs over on social media at Mississippi D-O-T and let us know. As a thank you, we have compiled a Google Map list of all of our guests' favorite spots to eat on Mississippi highways. It is our gift to you. Seriously, you guys are the best. We could not do the show without you, and we greatly appreciate the support. Remember... Drive smart out there on Mississippi highways. Thanksgiving is just weeks away, and historically, it's one of the busiest travel holidays in America. MDOT reminds drivers to plan ahead, remain patient, buckle up, and download the MDOT traffic app before hitting the highway. With the MDOT traffic app, you can see road conditions as well as receive traffic alerts along your route with just the touch of a finger. Don't be a turkey. Remain alert this Thanksgiving. That's nearly $2 billion, and that's money that's going to be spent on improving safety, enhancing mobility, and improving economic growth and development in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, and with this historic funding from the legislature, new construction will be popping up all over Mississippi. MDOT presents the Extra Mile Podcast. Men and women of the Department of Transportation are up to the task and up to make sure that we deliver a product that the taxpayers uh, can be proud of. So I'm ready for us to go to work. Welcome in to another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast presented by the Mississippi Department of Transportation. I'm MDOT Deputy Director of Public Affairs, Paul Catool, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Will Kraft. He is the Director of Public Affairs here at the agency. Really excited. We have a great guest for you today. We have Commissioner Mike Cheney, who is the Mississippi Commissioner of Insurance and the State Fire Marshal. Don't forget that last part. I didn't know about that until yesterday. Uh, Commissioner Cheney, thank you so much for joining us. We'll uh, give the give our listeners a little bit of information about you. Uh, just elected your fifth term in office. Big deal there. Fifth and term in office. That's correct. Love yeah. it. And previously served 15 years in the Senate and House in the legislature. That's correct. So I've got, um, for a guy that was going to retire after four years back in uh, 92, um, I'm still here. Love <laughs> and it. I, I, and I may catch up with my good friend, uh, Dick Hall, who's now deceased, but uh, Dick used to kid me a little bit about you trying to break my record of service. I said, no, I just got caught up and I I can't get loose. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely love it. So listen, we're recording this episode about a week before Thanksgiving. Sure. So let's tell us, what are you and your family up to for the Thanksgiving holidays? Any traditions there? Well, we've got, um, you know, we've got three children, eight grandkids. Um, Two of the kids do not live in Mississippi. We have one in Ethiopia. Uh, she and her husband oh. and grandchildren are with the State Department, and um, my, our oldest child is a college professor and a, an Episcopal priest in Savannah, Georgia. So oh. we're going to Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, to have Thanksgiving with my brother and uh, my sisters coming over. And a little-known deal about um, me, very few people know this, but my dad was a right-of-way engineer for the uh, Highway Department oh, wow. uh, many, many years ago under Roy Adams. Yeah, okay. uh, a long time ago, and um, he, he was actually um, the uh, uh, junior engineer on the first uh, concrete road that they built in, uh, in Mississippi up in Verona, 
and uh, on the first mac they called it macadam at that time, okay. which was asphalt. <laughs> and so I, no, I knew none of that. Yeah, a lot of long history. So I, I know I've been around uh, Department of Transportation for a long. I just don't talk about it. So sure enough, it's, very cool. <laughs> it's, you got you got a lot on your plate over there at insurance. And speaking of that, that's one thing kind of want to jump right into here. Your office handles a lot of stuff. We really do. We handle uh, well. We handle. Uh, not only insurance, and I'm talking about property and casualty, homeowners insurance, health insurance. Regula- these are regulations that we handle. Uh, we try to make certain that rates on homeowners insurance do not, and automobile insurance do not go out of sight. And automobile insurance, we're going to circle back into and how it fits okay. into DOT. Um, so a lot of what we do is regulation of the industry to be certain they're solvent, they can pay a claim if it's a valid claim filed by a consumer. And the other thing that we do is to be certain that we protect consumers. The statute is pretty clear. It's really simple. It says we'll regulate them, make sure they're solvent, take care of consumers. If in doubt, take care of consumers. So we do a lot of consumer emphasis uh, on, at our department. And in doing that, we get saddled a lot of times with things that we're not insurance-related, such as elevators. So <laughs> <laughs> we we had charge of elevators uh, throughout the state, and there are well over 10,000 elevators in the state. So let's say you have six elevators in the Department of Transportation building in Jackson. Uh, if they don't operate, we're responsible for being certain they operate. And when they gave me that deal, I didn't really do this, but say tongue-in-cheek, we made them redo the elevators in the Capitol during session so they had to roll, walk three flights of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get even with the legislature. And being an ex-legislator, I joke about that, but th- those elevators needed to be fixed. They were they were bad off. So we do elevators. We do um, uh, smoke and burglar alarms. If you got a keypad on it, you, you have to check them out, folks out. So we, we do background checks, fingerprinting uh, through the fire marshal division. Uh, we also... Um, regulate propane uh, in the state, except for these weird tanks, 15-gallon tanks, but uh, we make certain that the tanks are, are safe. That's part of part of our mission at the Fire Academy, to train people how to do that, and a uh, mission at the uh, Fire Marshal's office to do the inspection on the LP gas side. So we get involved in a whole lot of things. Uh, just uh, we, we don't get heavily involved in the transportation side, but the, with the consumers involved. And in addition to all of that, then we inspect all the public buildings in the state for building codes and building code violations. I'm very um, hesitant about uh, infringing upon uh, local governments and entities. I'm talking about municipalities. Just uh, the simple thing to say, we don't infringe on municipalities or county agencies uh, on building codes if we can help it. We will only go in on building codes uh, when we're requested, if we can happen. And, and we've had cases like the Eudora Welty Library in Jackson that I did go into because of some really safety factors. It wasn't over, so much over fire, uh, fire. It was over the fact that the roof had been leaking and they fixed the roof and uh, it held water and the water sagged the roof and the leaks had made the books all wet. And hmm. uh, that, that, that adds poundage to the floor, the second floor and the boat. Uh, building was buckling and if you had um, thousands of pounds of uh, second story fall on the first story where children are in then you've got a problem so I closed it down for three days and uh, city of Jackson was not happy with me but now the building's closed because we we didn't condemn it it had the emergency operations for Hines County in it but what's unusual about that is that um, 
we kept tried to keep them safe, and uh, it, it's, it was a nightmare. So that building will probably be torn down. I'm not sure what the plans are by the city, but if if we're smart, we'd leave it as a, a park area so you could see the uh, civil rights and um, the museums, the two museums as we call it right. in the state. It'd be an easy place to see. So, and I've got a whole other litany of things like bail agents. We regulate bail agents. Uh, it's just amazing what it's we do. It's a lot. Annuities. <laughs> Uh, we, we do just about um, regulate way more than you would know about. And, and, and in doing that, we touch the life of every Mississippian uh, in the state. So if you've got three million citizens, you're going to touch them in one shape, form, or fashion uh, from before they're born with health insurance on prenatal care until after they die with burial insurance. So you, somewhere along that line, uh, their lives are touched by what we do at the office of the Department of Insurance. And I have to be careful not to shoot from the hip, as people say, when you make a decision. You've got to be aware of the cause and effect of what you do today, uh, it, how it will affect somebody five, ten years down the road. Uh, we're, we're a little different from uh, the executive. We're, we're really part of the executive branch, but we're not. And we're not legislative and we're not judicial, although we get into the judicial side when we have hearings for agents, you, uh, you know, we issue about 750,000 license a year for uh, certificates of authority and agents and et cetera. That's all, almost as many driver's licenced y'all have in the state, Will. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot. And debris falling from our, our ceiling. <laughs> <The> ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> tell you, there's a lot going on there. I know, I, uh, and a lot of those I have heard or touched on before, I guess, in some form or fashion. I used to work upstairs over there uh, in a different uh, agency, but uh, similar office space to you guys. One that I had absolutely no idea, though, the elevators thing. Now, that's totally mm -hmm. – I had never heard that before well uh we in an i i was in a board meeting earlier this morning on the state health plan and so one of the other things that we do uh even for state employees which would be all the people here in this building and the uh, employees of the department of transportation we uh, through the board regulate the rates and the benefits for the state health plan mm, okay oh. and um okay. There's a lot of misnomers out there. You hear people saying, well, they gave us a, a raise. Teachers will say we got a raise, and um, immediately they raised their insurance premium. That is absolutely just not true. Uh, we, we had a 5% increase, but the employee gets the insurance free, mm -hmm. and the increase was on the family if you have family and kids on it. Sure. But their raise was $6,000, and that pales in comparison to $20 or $220 a year. It's just it's, it's, it's a way to – somebody puts a wrong spin on it. Just finished up open enrollment, uh, not unlike most everybody else. Uh, and so a lot of that's very familiar to me right now, looking <laughs> through some of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So kind of piggybacking off, off of that question, so any kind of future plans or projects that the insurance department are really looking forward, looking forward to the legislative session? Anything you have your eyes on? One of the things that we do have our own is, is trying to uh, fix the issues that we have on the Gulf Coast with our hurricanes. And the building codes that you have there because we're the building code enforcer de facto uh, you don't really have someone to enforce building codes although the fire marshal division inspects public buildings to be certain they're up to code and uh, we have emphasis on a mitigation program that means to go in and strengthen homes on the gulf coast and maybe throughout the state uh, where you make them safer in case you have a, a category three hurricane they're still there you can come back to them and uh, 
the other part of that is that when you mitigate a home, you lower their insurance rates and you save lives potentially. Uh, other, we, we did a program like this in 2009, but uh, for various reasons, uh, we didn't move forward with it. And most of that was legislative and the like of money. We've got streams of dollars that, that are there. So mitigation is one big deal on the Gulf Coast. Uh, we're looking at programs for uh, poultry home houses. Um, you know, poultry is the number one agriculture product in this state next to uh, timber. And uh, if you can't raise the little chickens and uh, all that kind of stuff or hatch them or <laughs> whatever you want to call it, you got to have insurance for those houses. And a house will cost you $300,000, and most farmers will have four or five. And to get insurance, and you got Tornadoes Alley here in Mississippi, you've got to be able to tie those roofs down. And then you get into uh, the older buildings were built with steel purlins to hold the roof up. Chicken manure produces ammonia. Ammonia causes metal to corrode. So you got all kind of issues on codes and, and trying to figure out how you keep those people productive and keep the economy going. Every time we do something with insurance, it affects the economy. To put it simple, if you try to borrow money to do a project, whether it's building a building or whatever project you have, the banks are going to require you to have insurance. You can't insure it, you can't finance it. Bottom line. That's very true. I hadn't thought about it that way. Education. This may be a little bit outside of the box here, but I'm curious. I'm sure you've got an opinion on this. To my mortgage rates, do you see those coming down in the future? Mortgage rates uh, will probably, you, you've got some peaks in rates right now. I think they're back up. Some of them are up as high as 7%. Um, when they were low, back down in the 3 and 4% range, um, I told a lot of people, you better take advantage of it. This may not come around for a long time. But I think rates will settle back down somewhere around 5.6. What you have to look at on the rate side for buying a home is the uh, discounted rate of what we used to call LIBO or, or the international rates. Okay. So let's say that the federal rate is 3%. You need 3.5% to make money uh, on the spread, so it'll be about a 6.5% is what you're looking at. <laughs> And people don't correlate. Even I, as old as I am, have trouble correlating that when interest rates go up, bond prices go down. Bond prices go up, interest rates should go down. Uh, it's just it's a crazy world we live in. And then uh, if you're looking at retirement, you work for the state of Mississippi, or even if you don't work for the state, uh, w most people have missed some of the best market news in, in, in six months. Although the market cratered during uh, covid for various reasons, you, you see uh, the increases have come back. So uh, they say you have a, a we've got calls and puts in the market. Mm -hmm. Puts is where you gamble that markets will go down. Calls are where you bet that they'll go up. And uh, there were more puts than there were calls. And when people have to cover those puts, the market goes up. So economists will say when you have too many puts out there, the market goes up. It's a, it's a driver of a, a great economy that's coming up. And, of course, the economic news has been good for us this week in this country. So uh, we're looking at a 3.2% uh, uh, consumer price index versus an estimate of 3.3. And when you look at an estimate of that nature, uh, it says that the economy is pretty robust and pretty strong. So the consumer prices are dropping, and that happens because the demand has gone down. And it's the supply and demand. The same thing works in insurance. So correlate that to insurance, I have to recruit companies to come in to compete against each other, and you have competitions, rates go down.
I'm all for the uh, the competition in that business. Let's get those rates. And, yes. and, and that affects automobile rates, and automobile rates are affected by transportation modes in the state. So if you've got bad roads out here, Paul and Will, mm-hmm. uh, hey. you you got a problem. You know, I live in Vicksburg, been in Vicksburg over 50 years. I grew up in Tupelo. Um, but I drive just about five days a week, 100 miles a day, back and forth. It's a good time for me to I, I do books on, on audio books, mm-hmm. uh, and plus when I walk every day I get a mile of walking in every day, and I do an audio book, so I'll do a book a week. And uh, I used to listen to talk radio, but it infuriated me. I found out I was doing what my neighbors were doing, beating the dash. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the biggest problem I see on the transportation side is is not the Department of Transportation, but the enforcement of. Uh, traffic laws on the interstate mm-hmm. and uh, truckers are by and large they're good people but you have folks uh, when when they get in they block two lanes of traffic and you've got double um, what we call dual trucks on the road mm-hmm. and they worry sway, sway back and forth and you got some young kid driving from Warren County or from Texas across towards going east from west and they're texting on their phone I, I would say that um, nine out of the ten people that pass me on the interstate are all texting and driving. Absolutely. Young people can do it with a knee. I, I can't text <laughs> at all and drive, and, but I can answer the phone because i got a steering wheel and i got hands-free. That's an issue uh, for insurance and for uh, the state of Mississippi to try to enforce people not to text and drive. So we use something in insurance called telematics. Uh, where it plugs into your car's smart device. Oh, okay. And it tells you if they brake too much, they drive too much, and it can almost predict through AI whether or not they're on the phone texting because yeah. it determines. And um, I don't know who comes up with these jingles y'all put up on the interstate, but, I, man, I love them. I, I love them. It's a team effort. It is a team effort. <laughs> Always glad to get some good positive feedback on that for sure for sure we've got the uh, campaign going right now actually for the uh, well, yeah. 12 days of Christmas. Well, that, uh, let, let me tell you why i brought that up Please. my wife and i went down friday morning which was a holiday for uh, veterans day for right. the state to uh, hattiesburg and my my old desk mate tom king former commissioner here at the uh, was still his commissioner yeah, until the end of awards, december right. there we go uh, received an outstanding uh, citizens award as a veteran um in Hattiesburg, and I went down to uh, introduce him. Tom's, uh, Tom's just a great, great man, in my opinion. I, I, he was my desk mate for eight years in the, in the um, Senate, and uh, I loved him because he always kept peanut butter crackers in his <laughs> desk. <laughs> and I, I, when he would go up to the whale to speak sometime, I'd get in a drawer, and he'd say, leave that alone. <laughs> but Tom, Tom was just a great guy. And Tom and I, and, and by the way, Willie Nelson, uh, Willie Nelson, ooh, Willie Simmons. <laughs> He's a great guy, too. <laughs> He's a Willie Nelson, great guy. <laughs> Willie Simmons, uh, the three of us were in the Senate together, and um, Willie's a Vietnam vet. Tom's a Vietnam veteran. He was uh, in the Air Force. Uh, he was a military police, as we call him in the Army, but uh, he was Air Police is what they call him in the Air Force. And I was in Vietnam um, as a ground pounder, as they call it, uh, up in Jolly Combat Base, so we were all there about the same time, and there are not many of us uh, left that are Vietnam vets, so I think we may be the only three veterans left uh, in state government that I'm aware of that served in Vietnam. Wow. Um, Mac Huddleston was one. Mac was a helicopter pilot, 
and a veterinarian from Pontotoc, and, and uh, Mac passed away. One of the finest. It's just, you know, you just got good, good, fine people that we've we've uh, had in, in government, and they and they make a difference. There was a book with the Mississippi veterans from Vietnam, wasn't there? We did that. Uh, yeah, we did a book uh, under Governor Phil Bryant back uh, the 50th anniversary That's right. of us coming home. We were the last state to do one. Uh, Mac was instrumental in helping us. Uh, the governor asked me to be on that committee, which we were on. They got a picture of the day I came home at, um, I think I was at Thompson New Air Base coming home. I, uh, interesting story. The public doesn't know much about this. I don't know if I should tell it or not, but I had acquired an AK-47. And they wouldn't let me bring it home. They took it away from me. And I swear, uh, Sonny Montgomery had one. The only one in the U.S. Capitol was over his room. And I used to tell him when I'd go up and see him. Sonny was a great guy. Um, that's my AK-47. He said, no, it's not either. It's my AK-47. let you bring it home. But Sonny, the reason I bring him up is he came over on Christmas Day to have dinner with us in 1968. And... Um, I was a mischievous uh, platoon sergeant, <laughs> so <laughs> we we put up a sign, uh, Paul Townsend from Belzona and I did, that said, uh, Merry Christmas, go to hell, Ole Miss, Merry Christmas from Mississippi State, <laughs> and Sonny landed at 1030 in the morning, and they were trying to tear the sign down. I've got a picture of it, but it was really funny. It was, we good. did it. They had put us on, on uh, what we call CQ on the 24th of December, and Paul and I were determined to get even with uh, the, our first sergeant. I think mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> mission was accomplished. Uh, and, and, and I bring up uh, Sonny Montgomery's name because he did a lot for us in trying to develop transportation. You've got to have good infrastructure in this state if you're going to have economic development. And we work a lot with the uh, Department of uh, Transportation, uh, things like deer safety, uh, weather reports, which we we become, you know, you're a weatherman at the Department of Insurance, whether you like it or not. I never cared much about the weather except whether we would have enough water to duck hunt. <laughs> but now I really worry about whether we have too much water on floods and things like uh, are, are the roadways passable, mm -hmm. uh, the, the automobile safety side. Coming up in potentially winter weather with the ice. And, and we work with you all on, on things like deer safety and you know, you put fences up, and that's a big deal for us. We got more deer in Mississippi now than they say we had in the last four, four or five hundred years. Wow! I know I got a lot in my front yard I, where we live, and um, it's not unusual to see eight or ten in the front yard eating my brown grass because there's been no rain lately. Yeah. There's thirty-eight around thirty-eight hundred crashes, deer-related crashes a year, according to, uh, yeah. to our information. So, and it's uh, I guess you did a video with our executive director last year. Brad White on on this very subject, and you're saying when this hat when you, if you hit a deer, you gotta gotta contact your you gotta your call, agent, right? call your call your insurance agent. Don't try to avoid a deer. You know the problem is people want to avoid a deer, and they will move, and when they do, you lose control of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Sure. And um, I, I know um, our, our youngest daughter. This was years ago. She had heard me preach this. If you see a deer, don't try to avoid hit him. Try to slow down so. And get him across and blow your horn. Hopefully he'll move. And um, she had a deer start across the road. She blew a horn and he stopped. So she, he just barely sideswiped her on on the passenger side on the on the bumper. 
and she pulled over. She was just in hysterics and calling me, and she said, it worked. I didn't hit him, and I didn't have the car. Daddy, I did. she was more concerned about the car, you know. Well, that's perfect. But, yeah. but at least it worked. It avoided some deer. You don't want a deer coming through your windshield right. at 55 miles an hour. Or jerk the steering wheel real yeah. quick. Yeah. wheel, and you hit a tree. Yeah. So, it's, so deer are unpredictable, especially when they're faced with glaring headlights. They'll do- jump across. When I go home, I cut off the interstate at Bovina. Uh, and for people on the Gulf Coast that hear this thing, I said, where is Bovina? <laughs> Bovina means cows. It's where these yeah. cows. But sure. And I take a back road that saves me about seven miles of traveling on the interstate. And there are always deer there. So I'm, it takes me 12 minutes to go seven miles. Wow. Uh, that's the quickest I can make it. And usually I will take, I just take it really slow. No more than 30 because there's so many deer that come across the road. I think they all know my truck. They kind of wave their head up and down when I come by. <laughs> but deer, deer are unpredictable. Um, high beam headlights, you should have them on when there's no incoming traffic because you can see better with that. Uh, they better illuminate the eyes of the deer, and that's the best way to see a deer, if you, especially if you're going, say, from Madison uh, to Clinton or from Clinton to Madison on, on the Natchez Trace. Oh yeah, you, you'll see. You always see deer. Those deer are smart. They stay off the roadway. They do seem but some, like they, they, they're smart. They learn. Um, I wish they weren't so smart and avoided being shot. Sometimes yeah. I don't deer hunt anymore. I quit hunting after I got back from uh, the military. But, but in a, in a case you hit a deer, uh, try to avoid going near or touching the animal because a frightened or deer. If you get out to see how they're doing, you, somebody behind you may hit you. Oh yeah, and a deer has got sharp. And if they hit you, uh, you could get cut up. You just don't want to get near them. I, I, what, that's way more information than you want on a broadcast. But um, you should call your police, or you can call 911. Say you hit a deer, and the board of supervisors in the county would generally come out and get the deer, and uh, take it. Uh, they may take it to a processor. They used to take it and feed the inmates in jail, but I don't hmm. know if they still do that or not. I've kind of gotten out of that Bailey wig. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah, it's uh, we we got crazy laws. <laughs> um, so I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think the National Safety Council says that roadways, uh, when you have your bright lights on, they usually have a visibility of of about 500 feet with high beam lights. So hmm. that's that's the reason we say use high beam if there's no oncoming traffic. But remember to dim your lights if you have oncoming traffic. Um, that's that's a pretty good deal on deer. Yeah, that's good. Now, anti, you want to talk about anti-littering? I, Absolutely. That is my pet peeve. Please tell us. Uh, I take tag numbers down. I've got a, a very few people know this, but I, on my in my truck, I've got a it looks like a rearview mirror, but it's got a, a, a camera. Yeah, dash cam. Yeah. Dash cam, but it's not a dash cam, and I've got one. I've got, I'm updating it to have a rear cam off of my rear member. So I can see front and back and record it on the USB. But when I see people throwing trash out, I, I, I know my local sheriff. I just want to say, don't do that. And then you get pickups and you'll see trash flying out of the back of a yep. pickup. I'm guilty of that happening to me before. I think we all probably sure. are. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you got a deer corn bag laying on yep. the, in the back of your truck, and I see them fly out. And I don't, I don't feed deer, but I, they, they eat up all my blueberries. But they uh, will do that. We need a campaign to stop littering this state. Well, you know, we're, so we just wrapped up our uh, kind of three-month uh, first stab at it, putting out the anti-litter. The whole thing is, you know, uh, 
don't trash Mississippi, please. You know, please don't, don't trash, trash Mississippi. Yeah. And it's just one of those things. It's a culture change where it, it has to be an unforgivable. You know, like a, a, a thing that I'm just not supposed to do, and I know better. You know, and until I think we get that way, I don't know. We may still be having pickup litter. Y'all may not remember this, uh, Paul and Will, but uh, there was a campaign by Pat Fordyce. Oh, yeah. I'm not your mama. Very much so. <laughs> your trash up. I, uh, I, I don't think we'll ever top the success of that campaign, but we are definitely trying. We'll try. I, I, I know. Try. Our, I know. I know. Hunter, her, or one of her children. <laughs> Hunter says, and she meant it too. She'd grab me by the ear and help help pick up trash. Uh, just it was a good campaign. It worked for a while. So y'all said y'all had something y'all want to ask me some some first. Oh, oh yeah, man. You know we're gonna get into some fun questions here for you. Um, all that good stuff and, and and work that goes on. You guys have a lot on your plate. We appreciate everything that you do. We'll uh we'll we'll take it a little easy here on you and, and throw two softballs uh, here at the end. <laughs> so uh, as you said, you spend a lot of time driving around the state, going to different places. Uh, you gotta eat. Uh, do you have maybe a, a a hole in the wall spot somewhere that you don't get too often that you just. Ooh. Well, you know, I love the Mayflower. Oh, yeah. And yes. we're worried about it staying open, and they're closed on Monday and Tuesday now. But uh, Dips down in – you don't know where Dips – Zips is located? Oh, yeah, now you Zips and McGee, Zips? yeah. Do not. Edu- you missed it. Okay. Uh, Paul, you need to go down there. We can make I that will? happen now. I don't now, know if we have had a Zips mention on the episode. Um, I knew Brad White, your uh, director here, back when he was still wet behind the ears, as he, we would say. Very much. And um, he, that's one of his best places to eat. Now, Brad's known to pick good eating places. He does. So get him to take you to Zips. Zip in and zip out. It's a little off the – maybe 150 feet off the main, main right. drag on 49. It's a great place to eat. Um, we will definitely make that Don't happen. get the blue plate. Get the hamburger. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Got to get the hamburger. <laughs> Load it up deal. with a zip sauce. Get the battered fries. I have uh, eaten many meals there. A long, long time ago, David Wyndham, uh, who used to own the place, you could come in, those of us, his daughter, Lauren, graduated with me, high school, uh, same class. You'd go in and flip a quarter. If, you know, if it was heads, you paid nothing. If it was tails, you paid double. He had two. He had a two-tail coin. I know what yeah, he had. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. He was doing that every time. I knew Wyndham. Yeah, good dude, man. He is. Uh, it's a great spot, man. We will definitely make that happen. And then the other one, Paul, you want to take the, the second half for us there? Sure, sure. You know, we talk at public affairs at the water cooler about food, like Will just mentioned, and then, of course, music. So is there a concert or, like, a musician, one of your favorites from uh, – on your list? Y'all been spying on me? No, uh, yeah, never. Absolutely. No, never. never. <laughs> well, I, I, my wife and I did go to Willie Nelson about three or four weeks there ago. We was it a good show? It was an incredibly good show. I, um, I didn't have my bandana on. I thought I'd be a, lot, a little out of kilter. But we had tickets down on the front row, and um, Mayor Butch Lee um, saw me come in and um, – one of one of the aldermen at large works at the department, Sharon Womack. She's one of our yeah. chief investigators. And uh, he said, Commissioner, you don't want to sit down there. Your eardrums <laughs> won't work tomorrow. <laughs> so I sat up in the Brandon box, and it was an incredible show. And uh, saw a lot of young 40-year-olds next to me celebrating birthdays, and they had their red bandanas on. Yep. Love it. You know, what's amazing to see Willie Nelson, 90 years old, playing the guitar, sitting there and moving those fingers around. And I have trouble holding a pen sometimes. <laughs> yeah, this it, this guy is amazing to me. You know, I, I love Willie. He's great, and I was there too. Saw Jeff Ely, our chief of staff, Christy Cheek from HR. All the people a, were there, man. It was a great show, and I I just had to go. I was like, you know, he's he's getting up there. 
how you know who knows how many more chances you see. Paul, Willie Nelson. what's that backup band that he used and the harmonica player from both bands were? Goodness, you know I don't know. The Advent was Brothers, or the something? Avid Brothers, David Brothers. There we That's, go. They were with those guys out of North Carolina. I believe so. Asheville, perhaps Asheville something like that. They are super good. Oh, they're very good. Super good. Very much so. That's awesome. That is gr- great suggestions for food and music right there today. Zips and Willie Nelson. It's a pretty good day. You can't, can't really beat, beat those. It. Can't yeah. beat that combo. Commissioner Cheney, this was an awesome episode. Entertaining. I feel like me and Will both learned a ton. Our <laughs> listeners, viewers will too. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it. I, and we appreciate the work that y'all do at the Department of Transportation. Yes, sir. Likewise over there. So we just want to thank those uh, viewers, our listeners, for tuning into the Extra Mile podcast. You can watch and listen to episodes by visiting goemdot.com forward slash the extra mile. Follow us on social media at Mississippi DOT is the handle there. We want to thank our editor, True Hall, who does the hard work behind the scenes to make this show happen. And remember to drive smart out there on Mississippi highways. We'll